This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. I think a lot of councillors kind of went insular last week uh, with the news and letting everything play itself out with John Tory. But yeah, this is the first weekday in in ages that uh, we've spoken and John Tory hasn't been mayor. Um, You'd have to go back to uh, quite a different era, not just in... um, in this radio station, but I think period to uh, to deal with a day that John Tory wasn't the mayor, given he's been the mayor since 2014. Here's what I'm hearing, and I want to run this past Josh Matlow when we talk to him at uh, eight o'clock. There's two big things to note here. Uh, Councillors want an election before the end of June. Uh, some of the timing was laid out last week. Remember as well on Wednesday, we were still dealing last Wednesday, six days ago with. Will John Tory stay? There were a couple city councilors that uh, that stepped to microphones and said, well, we just we just think he should take a leave of absence and then come back. You had Doug Ford weigh in. You had an erroneous report uh, elsewhere in the in the city that Christian Freeland had backed John Tory to stay. And Freeland had to come out the next day through a statement uh, and a source close to her as deputy PM. And then later she herself got in front of a microphone because it was important enough to do. And I give her credit for that and say, nope. That's not it, and not at all, not at all. Uh, wish him well, but no, the city of Toronto needs a, needs a new leader based on all that's happened. Um, councils want an election before the end of June, before school is out. That's vital, and I think it is also. If you want the turnout, if you want to move this uh, so much of the agenda forward, um, John Tory had a housing plan um, that needs to be looked at and needs to be continued. Okay, this isn't about ripping things up and starting from scratch. The budget that got passed last week, and I guess the importance in Tory remaining, and it couldn't have been easy to do. Couldn't have been easy to show his face at city council. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through personally, professionally. How how bright the lights are. How you know notable the darkness is that you're carrying um, head to toe. That you wish you could just disappear and vanish. We've all probably had a moment like that. Either. sort of in the public sphere, or even something privately. We've all probably had a moment. Not quite like this, but John Tory wanted to to obviously push that budget through. But this is what councillors are saying. The idea of a July 10th election is no good for anybody. The idea of a July 23rd election is even worse. So it's a fair question that we'll pose to Josh Matlow in uh, just a little bit. By the way, Again, I think this is going to be prominent, and we'll bring this up with Councillor Matlow as well. This is what John Tory said about housing just a scant 10 weeks ago when we didn't see these developments of the last 10 days coming. We have to move quickly to change city policies and advance new programs and speed up the approval process, all things that will help to create new housing faster. We have to demonstrate a strong commitment as a council, not just the mayor, to deliver the reforms needed to increase new housing and to prioritize the supply of affordable and market rental housing that our residents and newcomers desperately need. And it's really interesting to think what's left on the table. John Tory wanted an, an, a consultation. Remember, he, he called for a national summit to tackle a mental health crisis. He weighed in when the eight girls got arrested for uh, killing the homeless person in our city about a week before Christmas. Um, I don't know where those things go now. I don't know whether Jennifer McKelvey, the the new mayor, picks these things up for a few months or whether she holds off on some of them. Some of them are very, very timing specific. Uh, We'll talk more about it, obviously, a little bit later on in the morning, but it is a 
It is strange, and, and we knew this was coming, so it's not a surprise from Thursday and Friday onward that John Tory said, I'm going to get this done. I'm walking out Friday at 5 o'clock, and, and you're not going to hear from me for quite a while, and, and I actually do believe that part of it. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. So um, full credit to the New York Post and deserved credit at that. Deserved, Ed? Deserved credit? Um they got to, they got something that nobody else was able to get, and I'm not sure whether we should have tried harder, but we give the New York Post a ton of credit. Uh, a reporter from the Post sat down with the Oakville Trafalgar High School teacher um, who has caused a lot of controversy. I can't lay all the controversy that's been caused at, um, at her footsteps. I can't because I think the school board um, absconded from its duties. I think politicians have not done what they were supposed to do in this case. Um, her anonymity, her, uh, her privacy, the fact students are taking videos and photos. Um, this all could have come to a better resolution or any resolution in the first week or two of school because it was happening from the first week or two of school on in September. We're here in late February and there's no sign that the school board is doing anything, but a major media breakthrough uh, comes in the New York Post this weekend as uh, our next guest sat down and uh, met up with Kayla Lemieux in uh, in uh, Burlington at a cafe in Burlington, Ontario. Jack Morfitt is a writer for the New York Post, and he's kind enough to join us on Toronto Today right now. Jack, thanks very much for the time. I, I hope you had a good time in Toronto. Uh, my pleasure, Greg. Thank you very much. Yeah, I saw uh, a lot more of Burlington than I uh, had planned to, but it was very nice. Thank you. Um, you're, when you made the approach to uh, Kayla Lemieux, were you expecting her to say yes to meeting up? Well, it was actually she that offered to sit down after we ran an earlier piece uh, exposing Kayla dressing as a man after school hours. Yeah, and and these photos of a man resembling Kayla Lemieux, same apartment complex, it should be pointed out. It's not some random um, man um, somewhere else in Toronto. Um, She lives at the same complex that this man lives at. And I can tell you, like, like what I see is probably what you see. The resemblance is, is uncanny. If I had to go one way or other, I'd say this is the same person. Oh, Greg, I'm certain it's the same person. Um, So Kayla left school on Tuesday afternoon and went shopping. Uh, She emerged from her shopping trip with a bag from the body shop and some Barnsdale Farms branded dog treats. She then went home for half an hour and emerged from her apartment complex where I know she lives in her car. And when she got out of the car, not knowing that we were following her, she had the same bag from the body shop and the same Barnsdale Farm dog treats. So if that wasn't enough, if you compare the photos side by side of of Kayla and the man, uh, it's the same facial features, the same nose, even the same same mole on the left cheek. So there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Yeah, there was there was little in mine, but you've convinced me even more when I um, I didn't spot the mole on the on the the male photograph, if you will. Now I, I give you a ton of credit for getting this access, but I would ask, and because I think our listeners might ask. Why is this story so fascinating and interesting um, to New York Post readers? Well, it's bizarre, for starters. Yep. Um, But (laughs) also, uh, I'm with you on uh, the dereliction of duty from the the school board and Ontario politicians. Um, the, The most staggering thing that Kayla told me when I met with her 
was that she would comply with the dress code. So I don't understand why it's got this far to begin with. Uh, if, if she's willing to comply with the dress code, uh, then I, I wonder whether the school has even asked her to comply. Uh, it seems everyone is uh, very worried about infringing her human rights to express her gender, that perhaps no one's even asked her to wear a cardigan. And I think it's it's a question of of the idea that they're panicked and paranoid and uh, and they walk on eggshells around these issues when you're telling me Kayla Lemieux wants to have conversations about these issues, which is encouraging. It, it, like it sounds like she wants to find a resolution at this point more than any of the decision makers do. Yeah, she said very matter of factly that she would uh, comply with the dress code, and she said that she would. Uh, that she would go along with the wishes of her employers. What surprised you during the, the course of your conversation? How long the conversation last and what, what surprised you about it, Jack? I think we met for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, the, the most surprising thing, obviously, is when Kayla told me that her breasts were real, uh, that they weren't prosthetics. That's her claim. Uh, the, she claims that not not only uh, was she not transgender, that she was intersex, meaning that she was born with male and female chromosomes, um, but also she suffered from a very, very rare condition, which was triggered by hormone replacement therapy that rapidly grew Z-cup breasts, which she, which she called gigantomastia. It's also known as macromastia or breast hypertrophy, but there has been 300 recorded cases of gigantomastia in history. Uh, and when I pressed her for documentary proof of her being intersexed and or having gigantomastia, uh, she told me that she actually hasn't been uh, formally diagnosed in writing. So I can only take that as a claim. It's uh, certainly not proven. Which, if legitimate, Jack, would be one of the first things you'd think somebody would do who wanted to um, dress a certain way was to provide a, a medical documentation from a doctor who says, this person has this condition and I'm verifying it. I'm a medical doctor and I'm telling you that this is the case and she doesn't have that. Yes, but I think if we go back to the fact that I've seen her dress as a man, then it's all, um, it's all academic anyway. I was about to, I was about to, uh, to bring that up, yeah. By the way, we're speaking uh, with uh, Jack Morfitt, uh, joining us from the New York Post. He traveled to Burlington and met with, uh, with Kayla Lemieux. Um, you must wonder, too, and I, I'm, all if, I'm all ears if you want to question why this, like how has, you must be wondering why nobody from the Toronto area, it's a big city. It's not like we have a small uh, media world here. Why nobody else has been able to get access, or, or maybe they haven't even asked. Like you're the first. You got this. You got this done when a, a lot of us here didn't. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, it's not. Um, it's you know, I don't have any magic touch. Uh, it's just a function of gumshoe journalism and putting enough resources into the story and staying on it long enough. Um, uh, but I, I do recognize that it's a sensitive issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and these, are, uh, you, you know, there's always a lot of backlash, uh, when reporting on anything like this. Um, but to the point of other transgender people that I spoke to and the parents, this is not, this is not a matter of transphobia or 
the merits of transgender teachers. Um, the, you know, there's thousands of transgender teachers that have never caused any controversy. This is simply a matter of what's appropriate in the classroom. And in this case, parents believe that um, that Kayla's bizarre appearance in the classroom is simply inappropriate. Well, you, you spoke to um, a, a transgender uh, woman named Julia Malott, who spoke at a school board meeting last week. And um, the, our noon show, Kelly Cotrera, she's the host, had had Julia on and Julia's clearly somebody that's passionate about the issues, clearly not transphobic. And Julia's clearly also somebody that is worried that we're all being put on here. That that seems to be the impression I get that when I read the tea leaves from her comments. That's right. Julia, Julia is a transgender woman and has a school age child. And she said that she wouldn't want her child exposed to uh, Kayla's mm. sex, sexualized dress in the classroom. Uh, Julia was was quite succinct in saying that, as a transgender woman herself, that what Kayla is dressing in is not something typically associated with transgender. It's associated with drag queens or with sex work or, 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 in, um, or perhaps people who simply have like a sexual kink or fetish. Like, this is fetish wear, as she described it. Yeah. Well, Jack, thanks so much. Um, really appreciate your time. And um, it, it's... Look, you got access. Uh, nobody else did. Um, and thanks very much for uh, for having a conversation with us about it and, and putting your trust in me. I appreciate it. And no worries, Greg. I would just say finally before yep. I go, I, yep. I think that, um, that that people want to believe that this is an elaborate ruse to, to troll the left, uh, if you will. I don't think that's the case um, at all. And I think uh, in my interaction, Kayla was actually quite a nice um, and and a nice person, and I don't think that uh, she is a monster by any means. Yeah, uh, I think I think I think there's something more to it than than just that. I, I I'd agree with you based on based on especially based on your story, Jack. I got to run. I'm I'm making us late, but thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Great. Jack Morfitt from the New York Post joining us. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. It's a bit of a surreal feeling in Toronto. I think it will feel that way uh, for the next several weeks, and we're all looking for clarity on timing as to the next um, mayoral election. Nothing like this has ever happened in the city of Toronto. All fall elections. We've never elected a mayor in the spring. We certainly haven't elected one in the summer. Um, let's uh, find out where we think some of uh, this is going with our next guest. He is uh, Ward 12 City Councilor for Toronto St. Paul's. He is Josh Madlow. Josh, thank you for making the time for our audience. I always appreciate you coming on. I always enjoy it. Thanks, Rig. Um, does it feel a, a little bit surreal? We'd have to go back to November of 2014 um, when someone besides John Tory was mayor of the city, and that was those were the last days of uh, of the late uh, Rob Ford uh, being mayor, and, and he obviously took ill in the middle of that uh, electoral campaign. It's uh, it's been quite a while. It it is it, surreal is a really good way to put it. It is such it is such a surreal experience, and and my wife and I were just discussing how. Normalcy <laughs> is hard to find in Toronto, mm. <laughs> given given uh, even just what we've been through while I've been there. Like, you know, the, the Rob Ford era, uh, the you know, the, the, the council cut when, you know, all of a sudden our election was changed in the midst of an election and incumbents were running against each other. And then uh, the pandemic, of course. And and now this and it, 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 it you know, we. We, I guess, are used to facing very surreal and unprecedented experiences in Toronto. 
The, the reassuring thing, though, is that we always find our way through it, as difficult as these experiences are. And, you know, we will find our way through it, but we are in a moment now of confusion. And I think it's just human nature to want to want to have stability and predictability rather than uh, the unknown. And that's that's where we are right now. I didn't doubt that um, Mayor Tory uh, w- wouldn't leave. And some, you know, suggested that that he might stay. I, I didn't have a doubt about it. Um, I think it was probably a very difficult thing to come back into council chambers and uh, fight for his budget. I know you and him would disagree on a lot of what is contained within the budget. Did you ever think yes. that he would stay longer than he ended up staying? I know. I know there was a lot of uh, you know pundits sort of <laughs> trying to you know read the tea leaves and figure out what he was uh, doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and in fairness, um, he you know after he resigned, there was some ambiguity. Um, you know, as far as his communications after that. So I understand when, you know, when there's a lack of clarity, people fill in, fill in those gaps. And I think that's what was happening. That being said, though, uh, he clearly wanted to uh, see through his budget. And, you know, while I disagree with uh, a lot that, as you said, a lot of what's in the budget, and I think it could have been a better budget, um, he, you know, he did the right thing. He, he, he followed through with what he, what he announced. And, and here we are. Is there any kind of inquiry that's needed um, to look into more I- information of this, um, more information about um, about the, the staffer he was involved with, about city the city money being spent on trips or anything like that? Do we need to know any more than we already do know, Josh? Well, there is there is an investigation um, happening. Uh, you may you may remember when the mayor made his announcement a Friday ago. Uh, which feels like a million years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 said that he did approach the integrity commissioner to investigate uh, and explore, you know, what what occurred. So I do expect that there will be a report uh, when the integrity commissioner has has concluded his his work. And you know, I hope that that would lead to uh, clear rules if if they're if they're recommended. I, I believe that it it should be that there are clear rules about disclosing, um, you know. Uh, relationships of that kind, um, uh, and you know, and perhaps even going further than that. Uh, so, uh, we'll we'll see what what the integrity commissioner has to say. But you know, clearly, what John Tory did was wrong, and John Tory acknowledged that, and then he resigned. So, but now we you know we need to have clear rules and uh, and and have them set for the future. What's the most important question? you'd like answered about what you don't know right now about uh, whether it's about money, whether it's about um, the opportunities uh, involved here, what would you like to know that you don't? Well, you know, I've, I've really, I've really done my best to sort of stray from, you know, get, you know, really getting involved in, in the John Tory <laughs> uh, story in that way, just because yeah. you know, I have been so oppositional to him on so many policy issues that I never want to come across or even even have the optics of coming across as though I'm sort of, uh, you know, uh, talking about that because I'm, you know, upset about another thing. Um, I mean, I think for all of us, I think I think it's a needed conversation about, you know, what the rules are should be in a workplace uh, and to make sure that, uh, that that people are employed by people who are powerful, uh, uh, and in particular, like you know, young staffers, uh, are are protected. And I think that that's an important conversation. And I hope that's the outcome uh, of, of this experience. What we need to focus on now, as well, is the future of our city. And uh, you know, currently we still have 
uh, a shortfall of hundreds of millions of dollars. We have infrastructure that is eroding. We have services that don't have the right investment, that are letting people down. Uh, we have a growing uh, problem when it comes to mental health, poverty. Um, there, are, there are significant, real pressing issues that the last two mayors did not effectively address. There's a lot of speeches, a lot of, you know, you know, checking off the, the boxes as far as being able to make announcements. But substantively, uh, we've got a lot of problems in, city, in our city that have not been addressed well. And that, I believe, is where we also need to put a lot of our focus on. That's where, that's where my, my, you know, my mind is at, and that's where my work is at. Toronto City Councilor Josh Matlow uh, joining us. What I've heard from a couple other councillors so far is that they'd like somehow to expedite this process of the next um, of a by-election for, for Toronto's mayor. They don't want this lingering until... The middle of July. One expressed to me it's really important even before school is out to 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 have Torontonians go to the polls because, you know, the city, some elements of the city kind of vacate uh, for a good chunk of July and August. And we want all hands on deck and as many people voting as possible. Can we do this? Can we get this done by late May, early June? Can we expedite this? Well, first of all, I I would love to see this done as quickly as possible because, as I said earlier, the you know the, the lack of predictability, the confusion is just not good for the city. Uh, so you know we we need you know we need a mayor and a council doing their work and not having not having this kind of stuff happen. That being said, I do recognize that this is going to be a Herculean task for the clerk. So in other words, elections mm-hmm. don't just magically happen. There are people, there are human beings who need to organize this and, you know, put the resources in and make sure that it's done both fairly and effectively. Um, so, you know, my my view would be or is I would like this done as quickly as possible. I also recognize that you can't just sort of force it into existence. You need to work with the people who are actually doing the work and get their advice on how long it would practically mm-hmm. take them to do it well. And I think that that should be that's how we should be guided here. We don't we, we don't want to just sort of like, you know, uh, you know, tell tell yeah. people to sort of do the impossible. That's that's not fair to them. And that's not right. Um, the obligatory third person. And you don't have to re- uh, refer to yourself in the third person. I know uh, some people hesitate doing that. Will Josh Matlow run to be Toronto's mayor? <laughs> so I'm not going to refer to myself because <laughs> that's that that's just weird. Um, but um, um, I'm I'm exploring that. Of course I am. And you know, my my wife and my daughter and I had uh, lots of conversations about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Chad Family Day weekend, and and I'm talking with a lot of other people, um, my community supporters, uh, you know, people people at City Hall and others, and um, and that's I mean that's that's a healthy process. And that's what I'm going through. Um, what I, you know, I, I, you know, I care deeply about the city. I care deeply about the work that I, that I'm able to do for this city. And I also clearly see how we can correct a lot of the problems we, uh, we have today. I also, uh, need to be mindful about what my family wants me to do, uh, how to affect them and also just how it affect my life as far as, you know, what what we want to do uh, in our lives together. So all of this all of this needs to be considered, and I think it has to be done thoughtfully. So that's 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 what I'm doing. We'll check in uh, in a while and see if you're closer, Josh. Really appreciate the time this morning. Thanks so much. Thank you, Greg. Josh Thank Matlow joining us. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. Six forty, Toronto. Are you in or out? 
just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So are we in or out? You're out. You are over and out. No, 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 no. Insulted him a little bit. I'm okay with it, but now you're making me feel weird about it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> I want to re- reset uh, and revisit that um, second-degree murder story in a little bit, but we do in or out every morning. It's your chance to weigh in. Sometimes it's from the uh, lighter side of the news because we know the news cycle can be devastatingly impactful mentally. That said, I may have... Um, I may have devastated uh, my wonderful colleague, uh, Shiva Siddiqui's uh, <laughs> mental system here. She's documenting, and Gord, you'll have to back me up on this um, if this ever uh, comes before a tribunal. <laughs> Shiba says, I just I just sent her a video, and she described it as disgusting. Ergo, Greg Brady just sent Shiba Siddiqui a disgusting video, and I don't do that terribly often. I'm disgusted by more stuff than you are, usually. I am. Yes, that is true. It well, is this true. is about, our conversation today is about standing up or sitting down to urinate correct right it is now uh, I'll, I'll explain the video in a second but the story is in uh the guardian the splashback scandal should all which is by the way what? one of the best shows on netflix you think emily in paris is good <laughs> or you're rewatching uh what's that movie called you uh in season four uh the splashback scandal should all men sit down to urinate um, the Germans call them Sitzpinklers. I really hope I didn't swear in German just there. <laughs> I'm in enough trouble already with this topic. And more and more men are now taking the weight off their feet in the bathroom. It could be good for their health and help protect the family toothbrushes. Sheba, I swear about three months ago, we did a story where they used like ultraviolet light and deemed that the, sp- the splashing from going to the bathroom, the, the, there were plumes that went everywhere. Everywhere, Everywhere. creating illness and uh, into the tubs and showers and floors and sinks where the the sensitive stuff that you use for your mouth and your nose and your ears are. Right. We did a story like that. And you you did one of your um, I'll just call it I I, I find them adorable. You did one of your Sheba things where you're like, I'll never do this again. And I bet you you have. (laughs) I bet you you've got you've got a bunch of men and boys in your house. And I bet you didn't. You haven't started ordering them to all sit down when they go number one. I bet you haven't. But you done know that. what? I'll be honest though. I trained them all when we were potty training them. I potty trained them to do it sitting down um, because it was a. It was horrific when they it's stood up. Show. It was like Niagara Falls. Yeah, it was. And I guess we had to clean that up time after time. If my husband's at work or whatever, and I'm tra- I'm training them at home. So no. So I was like, you know what? You sit down. You point it down. Uh, and you know what? According to science, it's healthier to for everybody to sit down and urinate. What are they saying? As it, opposed it, to standing. Yeah, there's a poll from 2020. There's no way this is the number in Canada. So I don't know what this says. But a poll from 2020 shows that 70% of men in Japan prefer to sit when going number one. Five years before that, the figure was 51%. What happened? Like, what? I don't understand this. And... You know, and I know, Gord, when you go into a public environment, like even our beautifully clean bathrooms here at Chorus, they're, they they're some of the cleanest bathrooms I've ever seen. They are very clean. Yes, Shiba. Um, that that the option is is more present to stand. To stand, yeah. There's more. You'll get out of their way faster. Yeah, there's, there's no door to lock. Yeah. There's, okay, there's so no how process. many urinals? How many urinals are in the men's bathroom um, at Chorus? Four, I think. Four or five. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And there's three, uh, three stalls. <laughs> oh, we have about ten stalls. Yeah, stalls. Well, yeah, you don't have an yeah. option. I know, and they're always sparkling. But that many stalls, usually it's two or three. But on that main floor, where you know the area where we our bathrooms right. are, 
It's about eight or ten stalls, and they're spectacular. It sounds amazing. And there's, there's, see, we have our <laughs> station playing in the men's bathroom. You guys probably have calm orchestral music. Maybe there's even a live orchestra playing in the women's bathroom. This we is like we have music. You know what happens in the mornings when I go in there? Um, somebody has changed it from AM six forty to the music <laughs> side of it. So. Guess they don't want to hear us. They don't. They don't. <laughs> but um, but it's like this is when uh, uh, Ducky from Pretty in Pink gets thrown into the girls' bathroom, and he's like, "Wait a minute, we got none of this stuff on here. You got doors on all the stalls. You got a candy machine, which is a sanitary napkin yes. dispenser." Anyway, he gets confused and thinks <laughs> that they're really, really nice. And I, I sometimes, even at a rest stop, I'm gonna admit this. I've gone in. To the men's is occupied, and if the women's is not occupied, and it's only a one-person scenario, yeah, I'll go in. Yeah. I'm not sure what the fine is for that. Well, it's... but I've never been caught. <laughs> I've never had a woman knocking on the door. I know there's a man in there. Get out of there. I've never had that happen yet. Um, yes. So let's do in or out, Gord. I I just I prefer the standing. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. There's less. It's less cumbersome. There's less clothing adjusted. You won't get distracted. Um, you won't. Pull your phone out of your pocket, which is gross to begin with. Yeah. You're way less likely to do that when you're when you're standing. Mm. Especially yeah. when you're in a public at the gym or here. You don't want somebody coming in and seeing you from behind and you're scrolling through your phone with oh, your exactly. right hand while you're doing some aiming with your left. None of that. But apparently this happens. You've told me that this is common. <laughs> that you have seen men urinating in the urinal while, hold, while uh, holding their phone. It's really it's disgusting. It is, is disgusting. It is really gross. But uh, that said, like I've seen people eat chicken wings with one hand while they, while they scroll through their phone with the other. And I'm not sure that's any better. I'm not sure that's any better. So um, 416-870-6400 is the phone number. Gordon and I are in. And yeah. so you're the majority of men in your ho- household, men and no, boys in your I, household, you know what? Coming, Well, no, I train them. And I when I was potty training them to sit just for my own mental health, having to clean up after. But I asked them yesterday when I was producing this part of, this, of the show, I asked them, like, what do you guys do now? And they they stand. They stand now. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I think it's just gotten better in terms of cleanliness. They have their own bathroom that I often don't go in. It's so diva to say this. I don't go in there very often, so I don't know the state of it. Um, but why don't you share the video that you just sent me? Explain oh, yeah. Video. Okay. I can do that in, in two minutes. This is a, uh, a woman who was so fascinated by, um, she, she wanted to know what it felt like. To go number one stand. See, I can't even say the the the, yeah, word, the letter see. between um what's it uh, R and no Q and O. I can't even say it. So she uh, tested something called the P style female u- urination device, and it looks like a it looks like a giant spoon. It looks like <laughs> like a, like a, like a, like like a soup spoon. Yeah, like a, Chinese, a Chinese restaurant. She made a seven minute video, and three point five million people. Have watched it, and uh, I don't know what the desire is. Now, listen, here's what I get. If you're camping, Sheba, you like to camp. If you're camping or you're out in the wilderness and you're out there and you're like, I don't want to. Well, but, but no, you squat. this Women device, squat, this, this device does not force you. <laughs> this allows yeah, the so- non-squat. So because it looks like a big giant plastic spoon, you have to get the aim, which is a lot easier for men than for women. I just imagine my hands would be covered in urine. So I'm just going to like squat wherever I am. I'm fine with that. I hike all the time. When you got to go, you got to go. After four kids, you got to go. So I don't wait. I don't mess around with that. Uh, People tell me, though, as I get older, it's going to become more difficult. I might fall over. 
(laughs) (laughs) But this looks like this device. People are like, well, what if it gets dirty? I'm like, you wash it with hot, soapy water. You move along. It's perfectly the next time. No, it's it's this isn't a one time thing. This looks like she will you. What I got to is she loved the device. She was a huge fan of a FUD, a female. I've seen these before. I don't know anything about them. No, a friend of mine has one. Also, when we were hiking last year in Banff, uh, a couple of girlfriends and I, I had to go and my friend pulls out this bag with a tube attached to it. And she's like, here, you have to try this. It's amazing. It's called like the Pigo or something. I forget what it was. And it was this pink. Of course, it has to be pink. And it yeah. had this tube attached. And I looked at her. I said, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm just going to go behind the tree. I'll be right back. Well, this one's sky blue. So, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, Gordon, I <laughs> can easily pump. figure out when your birthday is and we can, you know, I'm sure you'd prefer something more practical, like a restaurant gift card or something. Hey, it's in four but, days. It's in four days. So I'm waiting for that gift card. But wouldn't it be great to go to that restaurant and then, you know, no, stand up and get, get the heck out of there. I, don't envy, I have no desire to stand up and, and urinate. Some of the texts are really interesting, though. Here's my favorite one. I'm just going to go ahead and read it on the air. I know you're cringing. I know you're cringing. I can't even pronounce the company name, but... Moen. uh, Moen. Okay. Uh, I have a penis head like a Moen shower. I have to sit so I don't soak my shoes and the shoes of the guy three urinals over. Okay, that's a really great. That's not even a humble brag. That's a plain <laughs> out brag. That's and I bet that's not true. But okay, sure. Well, here's another one. Sitting is the best way. <laughs> Men that have to stand after hearing the facts are insecure in their skin. <laughs> Greg Gord, take note. It just take we're note not of this that texter. insecure. It just gets you out of there faster. Yeah. Okay, here's job. another one. But tell me if this is possible. Okay. This is from Chris. He actually wrote his name. I normally get down on one knee to pee at home, but not at a public place. Is that possible? It's like the James Brown pose. No. Oh. I, don't, I, 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 I don't. No. How, how do you get down on one knee? You can't. I don't think so. And is there any kind of padding? Like, is it, <laughs> and is it, I don't if you're know. left-handed, do you get on the left knee or okay, the right? I don't have show, any idea what is talking about here. You guys go try it. We report back to us tomorrow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. I just, and some of the best, some of the most in-depth conversations happen when you're with a complete stranger standing up. You can't have those conversations gored through those so those hard. walls and those doors. I don't like where talking the seats in there. are. I don't like talking. I don't like looking at people. Just go in and do your business and go, and then from, go from uh, from from God's lips to your mouth or whatever.